The Jet Set Breakfast. Music, culture, lively and critical discussions on SAFM. Not only writing, but reading is what we need. Now, the 2030 Reading Panel is a civil society initiative, and it's brought together respected experts and thought leaders to address the need to improve reading outcomes amongst the foundation phase of South African children. And foundation phase, of course, is grades one to three. The convener is former Deputy President Pumzilu Mlambo Nuka, doing great work. I must say I'm a bit of a fangirl. And on the line, we've got our guest, Dr. Nankhamso Matsatsi, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Funda Wande and one of the 16 confirmed panelists. So, Dr. Matsatsi, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, uh, Good morning, Michelle. And it's not doctor yet. I can just call my Ah, well, all the very, very best. Let's hope uh, that doctor is coming through as we speak. <laughs> yeah, and I, and, I, and I definitely receive. Morning to you and morning to your listeners. Great. Talk to us about the panel and what the panel will do. I mean, it's, it's called the reading panel, which when I first read sure. that, I was like, okay, is this a panel which is just going to read? And then, of course, it's not that. I mean, it's a panel which is going to look at the issues of reading and foundation phase children. Talk to us about what the panel plans to do. Sure. So, I mean, like you said, the, the, the panel's been convened by um, our former deputy president. Um, at least when I received the, 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 the invite, so we still need to have our first meeting that's coming up next week. But the idea is to bring together experts and um, South African leaders um, mm. to sort of monitor, track, um, and report on our progress on reading outcomes in South Africa. Um, why 2030? Because since 2019, our president has made reading for literacy an epic uh, priority, right? So we see this, presidents, ministers, you name it. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, some of the work that we do, it shows that our progress is, we're making progress, but not um, significantly in huge strides, which is probably problematic. You know, some research that's been done in Stellenbosch shows at the level of gain that we are as a country, we probably only reach 50% of the kids in the next 100 years, which is problematic. So basically, this, this group of people have been brought together to try and uh, uh, put pressure um, yeah. and hold accountability to the government system or uh, education system to ensure that we do reach this goal that has been set, um, not only just you know by DBE, but as well as uh, as well as the president, and it's seen as one of his top five priorities. So, Nankhamso, when I look at the the panel, it's an incredibly diverse list of people, and I mean it ranges from the wonderful Eleanor Sisulu, who has mm-hmm. been uh, who created the excellent Puku Foundation, looking at foundation phase re- reading, particularly in home languages. Also, Professor Michael Sachs from Wits University, mm. he's done excellent work focusing on the economy and the numbers of the economy. Bobby Godsell, um, uh, Injabulu Indabele, Archbishop Tabo Machoba, the list goes on. And as I say, incredibly diverse. Is the diversity because you believe they've got the pushing power to make this ha- thing happen? Or is the diversity because they may have bring different aspects to the challenge? Yeah, so I think it's probably your first point um, is, is, is that I think uh, what former president uh, was thinking around um, forming this group is 
one, diversity, and probably uh, individuals that have a lot of, um, let's say, good standing, good political standing. Um, Unfortunately, um, education in South Africa is highly politicized and still is. Um, so you need your big names to be able to, 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 to you know, to, to put pressure and hold accountability. So, I, I mean, although there is sort of non-experts reading, I mean, the, the, the panel, there's a very small group, I mean, I consider myself as a literacy expert, that are there, um, that we are, there is representation, but I also think the balance in, um, sort of expertise, if you think of some other people come from uh, economist background, I will mm. also have uh, equal education, you know, so I think that sort of um, diversity uh, is very important. They say, uh, Michelle, that if you, do, if you don't have enough people represented around the table about an issue, then the issue is not important enough. So I think that's what uh, uh, the, the panel aims to do, to bring a lot of people from different backgrounds. So yeah, so, so, so it really is to say there are key, not key, but uh, very influential individuals. Um, we need to start also bringing them on board um, and uh, making this awareness uh, mm. uh, and continuing making the noise on, 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 on reading literacy because the situation is unfortunately um, still dire. You know, I love what you say about diversity, and it was a conversation I was having with someone the other day around what are the groupings of people and what are the opportunities that diversity offers. So if you have the same gender, the same age, the same race, Mm. the same uh, uh, whatever you want to, uh, intersectionality and and so on, then you will always have some kind of... uh, very linear way of thinking as opposed to a diverse way of thinking. So I think that that's critical in terms of what you're doing. What are your goals? Obviously, uh, to start a panel like this, you have to have outcomes and goals that you are working towards. What are they going to be? And and do you have a timeline attached to that as well? Yes. So so, um, we needed, I mean, I'm going to share some of the the, the, the advisory notes that I actually did send to to the former Deputy just uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, we still yet to meet, yeah. um, but I can re- I can already sh- I can share with you sort of where my standing point is regards to this issue. Um, Summarised in just seven. The first thing is anthologies. Um, access to reading anthologies in the foundation phase um, is, is critical, in particular in African languages. My anthologies is a series of uh, small stories. It literally costs seven rand a book per child. Eastern Cape did this. Um, and they did it over two years, um, and it showed significant improvement in reading by just putting a child by just putting a book in a child's hand. The second one is the dual crisis of using unemployment to improve learning outcomes. By this, um, we saw that the PYEI initiatives with the teachers' assistants, the education assistants in the classroom, um, which in a situation a lot of large classroom sizes in South Africa, employing youth. Um, at the same time, trying to improve our learning outcomes, I think it, 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 it's a, it's a, it has great potential. And we've seen already research that has shown this in Limpopo. Um, and the third one, which links to the, the, the uh, second point, is reduce classroom sizes now. Yes. More than 57% um, of grade three to six classrooms in South Africa have more than 40 learners. And that's more than 40 learners to one teacher. So how do we yeah. then, uh, uh, how, how do we then, uh, you know, teach? How do teachers teach effectively and conduct, you know, learning or whatever cases in other-sized classrooms? The fourth one is budget and expenditure. 
We've been seeing a decrease over the last four years in per learner expenditure. Um, what did they say? You need to spend money to get good results. Yeah. How do we expect learning outcomes to improve if we keep decreasing our expenditure? Yeah. Furthermore, that 31% of our budget um, is only allocated to primary school. So a chunk of our expenditure focuses on higher education, forgetting that the foundation uh, is very critical. I'll be very quick. Five minutes accountability. I think I've chatted about schooling districts. Um, sorry, um, accountability from schooling districts and so forth need to be held accountable for learner performance. And the sixth one is um, in-service training. Um, that's, pretty, that's pretty straightforward. Capacitate our teachers. Critical. And then the last one, Michelle, is prioritize or prioritization of core curriculum. What I mean by that is that currently our curriculum is very lovely. It's very full. It's very <laughs> packed. Um, it, it, yeah. it has all the right things. But I think that Too much. Um, a focus on, yes, a focus on fundamental skills is going to be critical if this is really a priority. Yeah. So these are at least where I stand, and these are, this is what I, I have submitted and put forward. We are meeting next week, and we're going to meet every year until 2030, um, uh, as, as, as per the invite I've received um, from the former deputy minister. This links to all of these, the, you know, the, 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 the um, MSCF, um, the DBE annual plans, the tagline 2030 in literacy is quite a big one. So we want to align ourselves um, uh, closely with that and monitor the progress and um, yeah, hold people accountable. Jeez, I mean, I'm just listening to you say seven rand a book for a kid. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, we could, you know, if, if we could all just say, all right, I will, I will pay seven rand into an account every month and it'll go as a book to some kid. You know, it, it's really, it, it's, it's, I know that for some people seven rand is a lot, but for many people seven rand is doable. And if it means that you could say a book, a book, a book, a book, it, it really is very powerful. Yeah. And I think, I mean, if you look at the numbers, it's about $143 billion that they spent on foundation funds. Right? Yeah. And $143 billion. Sure, most of that goes to San Luis, but this is where we need to practice prudence with our yeah. budgets and as a country. Um, so, I mean, we have examples, like I said, Eastern Cape Childers for two years. Yeah. Um, so we have examples of even in the some of the most poorest. I mean, Eastern Cape is, 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 is considered, you know, fairly sort of rural um, provinces that have childless. Um, they did it for two years, and just by putting a book in a child's hand, yeah. just by that, improved learning outcomes um, more than fifteen percent. Well, we, 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 we support you and please, uh, any way that we can support you here with the show, please let us know. It is a fabulous job that you're doing and it is probably the binding constraint, the most critical thing with regards yes. to this country for sure. Thanks a lot, Michelle. Nankham Sumtsatse is the Chief Executive Officer of Funda Wande, and uh, she is part of this expert panel which has been convened and established by the former Deputy President Pumzile Mlambo Mnuka. It sounds like it has real value and certainly is one that we should be following. You know, we were reading over December, many of us, not all of us, but some of us, me, that us. <laughs> As you know, I took a very long break and I did a lot of reading. And I, there were a couple of books that I uh, read that I thought were worth noting. You know, Time magazine uh, 
put out, a, uh, spoke about a study on the value of storytelling. And one of the things they noted was that storytelling is a powerful means of fostering social cooperation and teaching social norms. And often the way you look at a book or read the book comes back at you with ways of the way the way you think about your own country and the way you think about things that are happening in your own country. One of the books I read, Eight Days in July, Inside the Zuma Unrest That Set South Africa Light, written by Kwanita Hunter, Kavil Singh, and Jeff Wicks. We'll be talking about that later when Kwanita Hunter comes on the show as our guest presenter. One of her guests is Jeff Wicks, uh, one of her co-authors. Another book I read is something called The Magician by the Irish author Colm Toibin, wonderful author. But The Magician is a fictionalized biography of the exiled German Nobel winner Thomas Mann. Now, I had never read any of Thomas Mann's books, and I have this passionate desire this year to go back into some of the classics and try and read at least one classic a month, if I can, or one classic every two months. I mean, maybe I'm being a bit over-enthusiastic uh, here. Because I started to realize as I read this book how much we can learn from history just simply by reading books. So Thomas Mann is renowned from his, for his work, and as I said, I've never read any of his books before, but there was a film made about the book Death in Venice. He wrote throughout his life and about the impact of the First and Second World War. Uh, most of his life took place during that period, and he also wrote about his exile in the United States and Switzerland. I loved the book. I thought uh, what struck me was the reminder of how easily we shift from calm to chaos to collapse. And it's a bit like the boiling of the frog in a country's journey, which made me think again a lot about uh, what happens in our own country right now. Toibin is an extraordinary writer, and he captured man's conservatism, and even perhaps you could describe it as a blinkered approach to the world. Unfortunately, that blinkered approach was torn apart and torn open to the reality of Nazi-fueled hatred of the other and the horrors that unfolded from therein. So if you are interested in reading about an author and then perhaps next up going on to read the author's books, then I would say read this fictionalized biography of Thomas Mann, the German Nobel winner. And uh, I'm sure once I now go into Thomas Mann's books, I will have a deeper sense of that time of the world and also the author himself. The second book I read very briefly was what I mentioned yesterday. And this is not the only two books that I read, but I just thought so much about them in terms of how we engage in our own country, was the Egyptian writer Omar al-Qaid who wrote that book, What Strange Paradise. And it's a book that was described by one reviewer as timely and unconsoling. And that's a harsh way of describing it, unconsoling, not consoling. There are, however, moments of gentleness as he offers consolation for a story that does start and end in the bleakness of the narrative of global migrancy and refugees. And it's a story that requires and demands empathy, not just in the reading, but also in the reality as well. So go out, look for them, What Strange Paradise or The Magician, or even Eight Days in July, and we'll talk about that later on in the show. We're going to close off with a choice of someone's Big Fat Juicy.